0: Hey, Veeam Community Podcast listeners. This is a special episode that I recorded at VeeamOn. This was right at the end of the event with Alexander Solat-Rodland uh, from Norway. We probably messed up his name. But Alex and I talked a little bit about what it takes to put on an event on the inside. So this is an interesting perspective. He had posted this on his blog. I'll have that in the podcast notes. But it gives you a good insight to what goes in to putting on a big event like Vemon. Enjoy. Hi, Rick. Hey, Alex. How are you doing? Hey, I am. Um, I'm doing really good, but I'm on the edge of being burnt out and fried.
1: It's it's V so it's probably probably a natural reason.
0: Yeah, V Mon. You know, we're we're recording here on, I guess Wednesday, twenty second May, um, coming up on two in the afternoon, but um, or one thirty. But basically, you know, it just takes a lot out of our teams and. You know, individuals. You know, I I don't even know how many presentations, meetings, videos, podcasts I've done. Um, demos. We had a great main stage demo yesterday. I liked, at least. But uh, no, it's a it was a big effort, and I, I kind of went into this not quite sure how it would go because we were kind of space constrained. We're in two different hotels. Uh, these two venues here aren't really equipped for like three and four or five thousand person or more events. You know, we. We were over 2,000 so, but I think we did a pretty good job. I uh, gotta see the survey data. That's what matters the most.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Sessions and overall event, but um, let's just say there are less fires to deal with this time compared to the last times.
1: Yeah, so how's Veeamon been for you? Uh, You mentioned meetings, presentations, Mm -hmm. but what's new for you as a senior director of product strategy?
0: Well, you know, the product team as a whole, and and I, I frequently use that language, the product team at Veeam, because it's it's an engine there's there's product marketing there's product management and then there's product strategy and different organizations organize their teams differently I mean some call them office of the CTO some call them tech marketing uh, I've seen tech ninja as a job title <laughs> recently which I'm actually considering what exactly does that entail I, you know that sounds interesting but you know, the product team at Veeam, those three engines, you know, they have this kind of symbiotic relationship. And, you know, the goals that we do on the product team is to respond to market, respond to opportunities, innovate, you know, beat the competition, um, look at solving customer problems. And all of those things kind of float around in different levels of priority. And, you know, so what's new for us, right? We're, we're going into the cloud data management, right? We want to be that leader in that space, right? So, um, it, you know, yesterday those who h- were here saw that first peak of Veeam backup and replication for Azure native agentless Azure backup, and that's going to be huge, right? That's you know taking this cloud native approach to, to new services and new platforms. I mean, yeah, sure, we can use the agents and and that, but um, having that agentless approach is going to lo- allow it scale infinitely. And we kind of observed that with what we've done in AWS, Veeam Backup and Replication for AWS. Same name, different cloud. Okay, so we, you know, the the thought is there's a portability element. Wherever you go, we want you to have that backup and availability experience.
1: Yeah, because you come from an on-premise strategy.
0: Yeah, we were born and on, born in the data center on VMware, you know, and that was our trans, you know, our, our transition to adding agents to do the physical servers and you know, that kind of additional from a technical capability phase recently when we embraced SaaS and embraced the cloud, you know, so the Office 365 offering Azure, AWS, and we're looking at other clouds, and we're looking at other services in clouds, and that's really important. I actually have pulled Wrestler aside, one of the product managers, and I'm like, and you know, you know Mike well. He will, he will talk about things with you. Yes, he will. And I, I said, Mike, I mean, just I want you to just tell me you're thinking about many other Azure services too right because you know I'm I know with Amazon and Azure it's a fair guess that there's either around or over 100 services available Mm. you know and virtual machines is one of them okay let's back that up but you get what I'm saying we want to provide these I want Mm -hmm. to press to provide these backups across all types of different data sets, application designs, and things like that. So I think that organizations are gonna find themselves wanting to do more with the cloud, obviously. I mean, Azure is an example. I actually just did a webinar on the MVP days uh, group with uh, the Koolas, my uh, tag team MVP uh, group out of Canada, that they're both vanguards and MVPs.
1: Yeah, that's... uh (coughs) <coughs> the Kavulas. Yes, the Kavulas. Yeah. It's
0: a it's a team. And you <laughs> buy one get one free. I mean they are they are together and a great balance. I really like what they do in the community, and they were nice enough to give me an opportunity on MVP days, and I just kind of gave my perspective of Azure from the backup side of things, and I'm already scheming some of my next ideas to share with them. But you know, Azure is a really good cloud choice. And, I mean, and. and you know, spare the technology, I actually think that a lot of businesses just kind of have to do it that way. Mm. A- and the reason is, is federated identity is so clean with with Microsoft technologies on-prem and in the cloud. And then you think about the hybrid app use case, there's a lot of natural transitions to going to a cloud model and embracing hybrid. I mean, Microsoft has a very clear story for that. So just thinking about IT trends and priorities for a lot of organizations. I think Microsoft Azure lends itself to a, a better kind of road in those two, two approaches. And then the other side of that is Microsoft doesn't want to lose this battle, and they want to play the game, and there has to be more than one powerful cloud, you know, for competitive reasons. Oh, oh
1: definitely, definitely. It can't
0: be a monopoly. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I see market share, but I, I, I don't at all think Microsoft's a bad choice for the cloud.
1: Yeah. And... As if from a Veeam perspective, do you feel that you are not, uh, well how to say this, uh, are customers moving to the cloud so you're losing track on, cl- on customers on-prem or do you see that there are new small customers emerging, consuming so much more mm. that they hit the enterprise market where you are, mm-hmm. but the ent- current enterprise customers are moving to the cloud? Are you seeing that you just expand business, or are you shifting business? So, if, to answer that
0: question today, yeah, it's expand. A couple of years ago, it was a little cagey—a different answer—and I'll explain. So, a couple of years ago, we introduced restoring to Azure. I think that's actually the first time I met you. It was at uh, Ignite, I think, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. That when we had previewed that we could take an agent back up and restore it to Azure. No, that might have been the fastest SCP. I'm having trouble remembering years, but basically at at some point we would take a backup from the Veeam agent for Windows and we would restore it into Azure. And that was a great mobility technique. But then we thought about it, whether the backup was from the agent or from Veeam backup and replication. You know, at face value, I'm like, well, the agent is free. (laughs) So we've lost our ability to, like, monetize this, you know. And I'm not saying we're we're always thinking about the monetizing, but I am saying we're Veeam.com, not Veeam.org. Okay, but uh, the agent at the time didn't have, like, workstation and server editions with things like application-aware processing, advanced scheduling, and uh, things like that. So we we had to introduce more capabilities there. And then we had the additions. then that kind of played in naturally. So The end result is, we actually have, specifically due to what you just asked there, we actually did a fundamental change of our product licensing this year. And it, you know, isn't really interesting to think about, oh, talking about licensing. In fact, it's not fun. (laughs) But the end result, you know, this is one of those situations where the juice is worth the squeeze because organizations in the end have the flexibility they need. If something is physical today, virtual tomorrow, cloud the next day after that. That's one Veeam license. You know, if I had to change from three different products and three different license engines, the complexity will multiply. Because a lot of times people don't put, this is my personal opinion that I kind of validate when I talk to customers and stuff, but I feel that people put workloads in the cloud, not just for the sake of being the cloud, but because that's the right platform. So that inherently means that things are going to move from the cloud to on-prem, on-prem to the cloud, physical to virtual, virtual to physical, or maybe even just go away, get retired and deleted, or, you know, in Nutanix is a hypervisor we support. There's a portability aspect that's happening. And that instance licensing really gives you those two from, within, to the cloud, from the cloud, within the cloud, backups. So once it's in the cloud, we'll back it up there. If it comes back home, on-prem, we'll back it up there. And once customers get their head around that, and because there's going to be workloads coming and going and moving and addition, contraction, then when you think about a pool, that a you know whatever we're running, let's back it up with Veeam. Mm. That's the promise of the simplicity of the instance licensing. So that's that was a change we made last year. Uh, I should say we made it last year and implemented it early this year. And with the cloud era, we're like moving stuff to the cloud when organizations grow, that's a that's a that's a capability that I think really allows some flexibility uh, for organizations that you know whatever you're running let's back it up
1: yeah and and just like you said on licenses make it simple yeah just like your products
0: it it is you know ease of use is is right at the core of what we try to do and uh, the hard part of that was the change you know that's what I mean by the juice is worth the squeeze okay we're gonna have to switch things up a lot of customer questions a lot of uh, well I was doing it this way now I gotta do it this way you know, Well, some people are like, oh, it saves me money, and some people are like, oh, that costs more. In the end, this is the right thing to do. And, and honestly, to to do what we have planned with all the different products we're thinking about implementing, this is the only way to do it. So it's the only way we're operationally going to scale.
1: Definitely. yeah. And <clears throat> we see Astro got back up. We see Office 365 got back up. We know AWS got back up. What, why do you need the... Well, portability comes back up again, mm. right? You know...
0: Um, You look at, even with, I'd have to think a little bit harder about interpreting, but all of the hyperscale public clouds and software as a service offerings have some form of what I would call a shared responsibility model. And Azure and Amazon put it right at the top. And I think AWS calls it customer data. That's the responsibility of the tenant. Azure calls it data classification and accountability or something like that. It's right at the top. And they, they draw these differently, but I look at that as a very clear takeaway. The organization, when they put data into the cloud, they have to know that it is ultimately their responsibility. And when you think about services native to the cloud, where does that ap- apply, right? If I'm doing a, a native backup in the cloud, but the backup is still my, the customer data is still my responsibility. There's like this kind of revolving question, all right? Mm. So my thought here is, uh, and you know, in our session today, um, and, you know, for the listeners, Alex did a great session today on migrating file servers to Office 365. You know, we've always had this, I don't want to say conundrum, but this characteristic that some of our key platforms that we've integrated with as a partner, you know, Microsoft, VMware, NetApp, HPE, uh, stor- the storages, you know, They've always had their own backup offering, Windows Server Backup, oh, NT Backup. Oh, don't get
1: me don't get started. do Windows Server Backup. Yeah.
0: But here's the thing: there's a spectrum of choice that needs to be in place. And um, when we were talking about some of the, you know, services, software as a service, or things like that that have these built-in retention. And and my kind of joke is it's all great until you mess up the retention. Hmm. And you know, retention in the SaaS space kind of is feeling a lot like the old joke that I used to give that a snapshot is not a, is not a backup. You know, th- that's kind of an old sticky term that we have, right? So if it's a, if it's data we care about, if it's data we need, I, I think there's an ultimate responsibility that organizations need to um, manage and steward that data in a way that, that I feel that Veeam can help out
1: with. Well, that's a great story. Yeah. And just people or CXOs who's used to see the number of tapes, they're used to see the, the bandwidth use when backups running, when it's in the cloud they have no idea if the backup is actually running. That's, that's a good point. I mean there's some retooling. I mean whatever the platform
0: is, I mean I think if anything's important it should be made available through things like backup and replication and things like uh, Backup and recovery and replication and failover. But when other things are going on, like visibility into all these different things, organizations have to have the control that they need over their data, over their systems. And that's an area where I think we can help. And I think that organizations are on the journey. You know, this is not necessarily an advanced uh, practice just now. Uh, it's going to mature, there's going to be mistakes, there's going to be learnings that happen. Um, I think. Everyone eventually will kind of find out how egress costs really work one time the hard way. (laughs) You know, Um, I just think that's part of of growing up and learning as such. But uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of my perspective on it. But I think that um, it's a great time to, you know, leverage the cloud. Both Amazon and Azure are strong offerings. I think it's a great time to do more with one's backup and and have a stronger approach with uh, how they look at managing their data, and Veeam's here to help.
1: Yeah, So I'm really looking forward to see you again. And uh, I'm really excited to be here at VeeamOn in Miami. And uh, thank you so much for your time, Rick. Thank you.